Hello, good morning. Falcha Quig Claude on Sarn. Hope you are in very good form this morning, as indeed you find me and us here in KCLR HQ. Thanks so much to Natalie there for easing us gently into the morning with lots of music and chat and of course the big quiz and Angela as well with all of your news and sport. Now, what have I lined up for you this morning? I have lots lined up for you this morning including our resident gardening expert Shirley Lanigan who will be with us very, very shortly um, on the telephone line. Emma Jane Eaton who is General Manager of Lyrath Estate is coming on to tell us all about the festive season which is taking place at Lye Rath and looking forward to um, chatting with her about that. And there's all that festive buzz is starting, isn't it? Of course, the lights being turned on this evening as part of Yule Fest as well. So looking forward to everywhere being lit up. I saw New Ross as I drove through it the other day. is nicely lit up as well. So everywhere is coming uh, to light. And of course, the lights, as Breda the Roche told us this, Aaron Shakoin, uh, were lit up in Carlo as well. Brendan Power is coming on to tell us about uh, stories from the heart of Ireland. So that's a very interesting uh, project. So looking forward to chatting with Brendan about that. Of course, we'll have our Healthy Habits feature. And this morning we have Peter White from Calsa Yoga joining us. So hopefully he might help us uh, to align our chakras this morning. Who knows? Uh, Mag Kerwin from Goatsbridge Trout Farm is coming in to chat with us. Uh, she recently climbed to Mount Everest based camp with her husband, Jar. So we're looking forward to hearing about that and all of the other adventures she involves herself in. Um, Molly Coogan was involved and uh, uh, was a witness of all of the uh, rioting that went on in Dublin during the week. She's going to be joining us after 11 to tell us about that as well. Patrick Rafter, who is a musician, is coming on to tell us all about the Marble City Music Festival, which is coming to Kenny and this year consisting of a three-programme uh, um feature in St. John's Priory on John Street. So looking forward to chatting with him about that. If all that wasn't enough, we're heading to the Watergate Theatre as well. So we have lots lined up over the course of the day for sure and certain. Now, um, before all of that, let's head over to the telephone line. But I must remind you, of course, 083 306 9696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line. Or, of course, you can telephone us at 1800 9696. 96. Other big news in the Saturday show HQ is that Ashton has got her hair cut. She's looking absolutely fantastic this morning. It's just below shoulder length, which is uh, how many? There's, I'd say, is there six or seven inches gone off of it, Ashton? About seven, she's saying, I think. Um, so she's looking absolutely fantastic. She's very sophisticated looking there this morning. And um, she's getting ready for the Business Awards tonight. The Kenny uh, Business Awards taking place tonight. So we've had a good look this morning at the black frock. So uh, more details can be found on Instagram later this evening of self-said same black frock and the new do. But uh, if you see her out and about, check out the new do for sure. Now, let's head over to the telephone line because on it I'm joined, um, as always at this time, by our resident gardening expert, Shirley Lanigan. Shirley, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward. How how are you and everybody? We're all good. We're all good. I speak on their behalf, Shirley. We're all good. (laughs) So they're good whether they like it or not. They're good whether they like it or not. Well, I kind of think if you kind of, you know, uh, instill that in people's minds, you know, if you tell them they're good, they'll be good, you know. The story of the emperor's new clothes. 
<laughs> no, we won't put it that way. Oh, Constant no. thinking. We couldn't have that. Now, no. uh, just <laughs> as, as we were coming on air, Shirley, we got a lovely phone call from Breda. Now, I have to tell you that Breda has told Ashling, and now I'm telling you and the nation, that this is her favourite time of the week um, when you come on the show. And she loves listening to the two of us chatting about gardening. And she loves all of the gardening nuggets and tidbits that you impart each and every week and it lifts her on a Saturday morning. So there's a bit of news for you. Oh, thank you, Breda. That's lovely. Thank you. So there you have it. It's not our endeavours are not all in vain, Shirley. <laughs> now, so. she had an interesting question as well. So she wants something back for that lovely compliment. Um, okay. So she wants to say, uh, can you please ask Shirley, can she do a nice festive hanging basket and what could we add to it? So Brida wants to make up her own hanging basket that's festive, uh, Shirley, and obviously uh, a nod to Yuletide, but also uh, the parameters of that is that it's in the heart of the winter and the cold weather. So what could you suggest to her to make a lovely hanging basket? Well, you could go one of, of, of several ways. You could go to the garden centre and if... There are still, there are still lovely, there are still beautiful flowering cyclamen to be had. And if you could get a cyclamen, a red flowering one, occasionally you do come across mm, the red one. Them. Yeah, and you put that as your centrepiece and around it some trailing variegated ivy. So you'd get maybe three small, the little 10 centimetre pot ivies and put them at sort of like two o'clock, seven o'clock, nine o'clock, or on, if you're thinking about a, a, a clock, mm. a circular um, hanging basket, and in the middle you put your cyclamen. And the great thing about it is everything you're buying there, they're all perennial. So even when you're finished using them for Christmas, you could redeploy them someplace else. As they get bigger, you could put them as a single plant each in a hanging basket with a few small things around them. Now, you might also spot there will be budding hyacinths and you could have hyacinths budding out because we all love hyacinths at Christmas as well. Mm, or you could Would they suit hyacinths. outside, Shirley? Uh, if you had, if it was a very sheltered spot, you might get away with them. And okay. you're only talking about putting them out for the few days around Christmas and then bring them back in again. Um, a, a better bet again might be if you get a small plant of skimmia. Skimmia, lovely green, an evergreen tiny shrub and uh, red berries. Or you could just have a, a pot of greenery and go and get yourself some holly berries and stick them into it. So you're basically, you're putting Christmas decorations on a, 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 a pot of plants that you already have. So you could have your variegated ivy. You could have a little, uh, as I say, a little skimmia. If there's no berries, you could stick on your holly berries, either artificial that you've taken down from the attic or the holly berries that you can buy in the, 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 the garden centre or flower shop. And you've got your red and your white. And that would be very, very nice as well. And of course, it you can get some gorgeous, um, can't you get some gorgeous artificial like holly berries and red berries now that look really high Absolutely. end? Absolutely, yeah. And when you're pulling out the Christmas decorations, you'll find a few bits and pieces of red berries that you could stick onto uh, little, like cocktail sticks and then plunge them, you know, at random around your little um, greenery to just mm. give that lift of red. And um, you haven't spent a lot, but you've given yourself a nice sort of a festive 
touch to what's outside the door as well as what's inside. Okay, so plenty of options there. The cyclamen with the ivy looks would look lovely, of course, because it would have those real festive colours. Just back to the hyacinths and for the a second. Skimia, similarly, the skimia has yeah. a nice red berry as well. Uh, just back to the hyacinths for a second, Shirley. Should we be putting those? Because obviously they'll give a lovely ambrosial uh, aroma at the front door. But should we be putting them towards the edge of the hanging basket to let them tip out or should we put them in the centre? No, they would be in the centre because when they're flowering first, they're very upright. Yes. They're your, what, what the flower arrangers would call your upright accent. Mm. <laughs> Get you. Get you, Shirley, of a Saturday morning. <laughs> lost the run of herself. Oh, she's gone terrible big since she got that old gig on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the, the hyacinths, they would be your upright and then the trailing ivy around it. Lovely. Lovely. And, and Shirley, just a, a third question on hyacinths, if I may, when I have you, because I love them and I think lots of people buy them at Christmas. Do you know the way we can wire a gerbera? Can we wire a hyacinth as well in the pot now I don't mean when it's snipped but in the pot you know that we buy them in the lovely little pot and there's three little like bulbs protruding over the top of the soil and then they kind of come up but as they come up and come up and come up obviously they're top heavy and the stalk weakens underneath them they start to flop and you don't want a floppy hyacinth can you wire them? Now do you know what I would do go out to the garden and find yourself a few interesting slim but sort of gnarly twigs and plant um, maybe three or four of them in between and around your hyacinths. So as the hyacinths grow up, they can sort of lean on these twigs. You've seen the effect in in flower arrangements Mm. where you get like a twisted hazel or something like that. It doesn't have to be anything as part of the twisted hazel. Just some nice dead-looking twigs that have a bit of strength to them and you've got maybe three or five of them in the pot standing up, just looking like little elegant twiggy things until the hyacinths get taller and lean on them. You can do the same basically with, you know, you'll, you'll, ha- you'll find the same with, if you have pots of narcissi or daffodils, mm. you get those for Christmas presents as well. Again, and initially they are lovely, but then they do get leggy and they start falling over. So if you can find a few nice twigs that are about half the height again of whatever flower it is that you're hoping to, to stake or support and sort of just gently stick them down into the pot. It's the same idea that you get. You know when somebody gives you a, a, a lovely orchid and they're mm. always trained onto a stick. And this is just a more natural version of that stick. You know, you're using something from your garden or from the hedgerow as opposed to, um, you know, a, a painted uh, bought-in stick. Oh, thinking about the hedgerow, there are beautiful berries out there now. There are rose hips. And they're on bare twigs. You could stick those into your Christmas, um, your Christmas hanging basket as an extra accent. Lovely. And you could do the same with the the, the red uh, hawthorn berries. So there, that's a few more possibilities. A few more possibilities for for sure. And it's lovely. And of course, all those uh, lovely colours. I'm intrigued. I'm writing this down here, Shirley, as we speak about the highest. And I'll definitely be doing that um, at, in in Casa Edward this Christmas uh, with the little twigs around it. That's a very clever idea because I get really disappointed when they flop over. Yeah. So when you're out for a walk, have a little secateurs in your pocket and come across <laughs> a few nice twigs in the in the hedgerow. You can. Uh, 
snip away and bring them back. And if they're long, you know, they'll sit in a vase looking beautiful by themselves. Or if you go to the florists and you bring home, you know, those beautiful big long stems of holly berries that you get. They're just so gorgeous and they last months. I love the fact that they last so long. But if you have a few of your own bare twigs between them, it just adds a bit of oomph to the, the display. We had a caller on, uh, Shirley, asking about copper beach hedging. Um, and obviously, whilst it does look quite pretty at this time of year, they're wondering, is there anything that they need to do? Because obviously the leaves all go kind of dead and the, 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 the hedge can become partially denuded. Is there any kind of maintenance project that they should be doing on it as well so that it will come back as resplendent as ever? So what you would do with your copper beech hedge at the moment now is just enjoy the fact that unlike a lot of other deciduous uh, uh, shrubs, you know, shrubs that lose their leaves in the winter, they die on the beach, but they stay hanging on mm. until the new leaves come. And that's a really, really, it's a very nice privacy thing, particularly with the hedge where you don't want people looking in through. So you get the benefit of those lovely coloured up dead leaves right the way through the winter until you get a major wind and then they all get blown off. But at that stage, the buds are, are, are ready to shoot out and turn into fresh leaves in the spring anyway. So I wouldn't be doing anything to interfere with my um, beach hedge at the moment. Another lovely thing, when you walk past a beach hedge, you walk past fast at this time of the year, the noise of the rustle as you go past yeah, yeah, is incredible yeah. because the leaves are so light the mere act of one person walking, one person walking by, is enough to send them all rustling. Gorgeous sound. Yeah, and the, it brings that. a lovely colour to the garden as well, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. And then when the leaves fall, sweep them all up and put them into your uh, compost heap or your leaf mould mulch. The leaf mould, we're all on this leaf mould. Um, anything else that we could be doing? It, it's a kind of a, a quietish time in the garden, really, isn't it, Shirley? Well, get out and buy your tulip bulbs because this is the month to plant the tulip bulbs. So get out and start thinking about what colours you want next year. You can decide, do you want to go for an all one colour palette or do you want to mix, say, pinks and dark plums together or to get pink, dark plum and black. Oh, gorgeous. Or you could go Kilkenny colours. You could have black and amber. So think what... uh, I won't... I I, 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 I couldn't do this, sorry. (laughs) Um, Whatever colour palette you think you want, go out and buy your tulip bulbs now because they're, 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 they're getting snapped up quickly quickly, and you want, uh, you want to get a good choice. So decide the colour palette, decide the height as well and make a note of you know, what height your various ones are going to come in at because you don't want to have a miniature with a big tall, 35 centimetre tall one that looks quite silly together. So plan your colours, plan your heights and get down to the garden centre and buy bulbs. I was at a dinner party on on, uh, Thursday night, a Thanksgiving dinner party uh, to celebrate Thanksgiving. And of course, the conversation moved to gardening and you did get name checked. I might as well tell you, Um, Shirley, they they listen to you everywhere. But um, a lady at the dinner party was talking about she was in the castle during the week. And now I forget what they were planting. I wonder, would they have been planting daffodils? Did she tell me? But she kind of felt that um, she would have thought that daffodils need to go down a bit more to the ground. In terms of plant, then they were talking about something else. I forget what else they were talking about, where you just stick your thumb down and you could put in the few, the few seeds or the little bulb and they'd come up 
forget that what that was either. But just in general, when planting bulbs, Shirley, how far down do we need to go, or is it specific to uh, the variety of bulb? I think this lady was suggesting that you might need to go maybe two or three times the the length of the bulb. That, that is that's the rule of thumb. Yeah, two or three times the height of the bulb mm. you go down. Now, it's interesting that you say that now because a lot of people find, particularly with tulips, they buy them, they're gorgeous next year and they expect that they're going to come back year after year and a lot of the time they don't. And a lot of the reason for that is the tulip bulbs can get, get their, I think they're a bit tasty. Mice dig them up, they love eating them and I'm sure there are other critters that eat them as well. But anybody who I know whose tulips come back year after year, they all tell me that they planted them a good 20, 25 centimetres deep. So if you want your tulips to have any chance of coming back, get that shovel out and plant them deeply, much deeper than you do any of the other bulbs. Now, uh, in the Castle Park, I doubt that they were planting narcissi. I doubt that they were planting um, daffodils because daffodils you mostly plant September, October. Uh, I don't know what they were planting. You, yeah, the gardeners in the cafe. No, she, listen, she, she so told helpful. me at the dinner party because she did ask them, but I forget. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> we'll ha- maybe you'll have to get her to phone in and tell us. I do possess uh, one little modicum of human error, Shirley. <laughs> now, something that you would plant quite shallow would be, we were talking about cyclamen. Cyclamen, really, they're not that far below the ground. And when you see them growing, if you sweep the ground from around them, you'll see that fat, sort of dark brown, maroon coloured corm. Mm. You'll see it's very close to the surface. So maybe they had cyclamen corms that they were uh, moving. Who knows? The fullness of time will reveal all anyway in the castle. Shirley, there we must leave it. Thanks as always. Have a lovely Saturday. Very good. Uh, get, start getting ready now, everybody, for Christmas. We're, for we're, we're, we're almost... We're almost on the edge of, of the, the panic. Absolutely. And Shirley, you need to start thinking about your Saturday show Christmas gardening gift guide as well. So uh, tips for the gardeners. We'll be doing that in the next couple of weeks as well. So get your thinking beret on. Very good. OK, we'll do. Thanks, Shirley. And good morning to you. Thanks. Thank you, thank you. The lovely Shirley Lanigan there joining us always. You may remember last week we spoke to Louise um, Morrissey and this week we have a pair of tickets to give away because Louise is celebrating her 35th uh, anniversary at Hotel Kilkenny on Sunday the 10th of December. And if you'd like to win a pair of tickets, text in your name and where you are to 083 306 9696 and tell me your favourite Louise Morrissey song. Suspiog, back after this. The Saturday Show on KCLR with Edward Hayden. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, gift a memory this Christmas with a Lyrath Estate gift voucher. Visit lyrath.com. Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Now, good morning. You're very welcome back. Uh, Just before the break, I was telling you about Louise Morrissey celebrating her 35th uh, anniversary at the Hotel Kilkenny. It's on Sunday, the 10th of December. If you'd like to win tickets, I have a pair of tickets to give away. If you'd like to win those tickets, text me your name, where you are in the world, and your favourite Louise Morrissey song, and send that to 0833069696. And of course, Louise joined us here on the show last week. Joining us this morning on the show, we're delighted to have in front of me here in studio, Emma Jane 
Eaton, who's general manager of Lyrath Estate, who are uh, very busy over um at the minute. Uh, Emma Jane, good morning to good you. Good morning. Now, there is a lot of things happening in Lyrath at the minute. We better start uh, chronologically. And of course, this evening is the highly anticipated Chamber Awards. And you're kind of double jobbing in Lyrath for those this evening. You're hosting and um, a competitor. Absolutely. And we, we're, we're so looking forward to it. You know, it's, it's, it's great when we have these events because it's where, you know, all the team pull together. We have spa therapists pouring wine and, you know, it's just the excitement. And of course, the fashion. It's all about the fashion. We as were well talking about that. There's frocks of plenty <laughs> oh, going around Kilkenny. Absolutely. I, I, I was talking to a few ladies there yesterday in town. So they were all picking up their, their dresses. They've got the hair booked, the makeup booked. And, you know, as I said, it's lovely to sit back or stand there and, and, and watch them all coming in and their beautiful frocks. Well, I was at, uh, I was out last evening in Kilkenny for a little while and uh, I was walking past a particular shop. It would be unfair to mention one over the other, but it was there was the most beautiful dress in the window. And I said, I'm going to peel my eyes on Instagram tonight because I said this dress will definitely be at the Chamber Awards. Yes, no. I, so I'll tell you off here. Which one, which one it is and you can text me I'll keep an if eye it arrives yeah absolutely <laughs> but yeah of course that's all good and uh, so it's a big undertaking because you know big numbers go to this so um, an event of this scale is uh, a lot of planning it's a lot of planning but again it's it's the excitement and I suppose it's 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 the buzz of being in a hotel as well to have you know full restaurants full steam mm. ahead upstairs full house and then downstairs having, you know, all the guests for the chamber. And you're a well-oiled machine there, absolutely. so it'll be no bother to you. Absolutely, absolutely. I know from the recent no Imro Awards <laughs> there, we had a, a super night with probably double the numbers. So yeah. you're you're well-oiled for sure. Now, as well as all of that, of course, uh, Christmas is easing and ebbing its way gently into, uh, into Lyrath, Emma Jane, and your getting ready for the Festive Lights on Monday. Yes, so um, Lorraine McAuliffe was busy there last week uh, putting up all the Christmas decorations. They look absolutely fabulous. We have Santa and a reindeer suspended from the ceiling and, you know, it looks absolutely amazing. So on Monday at 5.30... Because the, fa- the space just even inside the, and outside, but the space is so vast. You can't just put your little uh, fireplace top no, Santa. You have no, to no. have a, a showpiece, don't you? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, it's lovely to watch our guests coming into the hotel and the mouths drop and, you know, they're, they're, wow, look at this, you know. So, you know, it, it's lovely to see. But, you know, we're really looking forward now to Monday, uh, 5.30. We're inviting everyone to come out. There's uh, mulled wine, mince pies, hot chocolates. We have Father Willie and the Gospel Choir. And we have Rachel Who are Blackmore. fabulous. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and they have all the gear. They have all the gear. Which Father, is great. Father Willie was in yesterday planning where he was going to stand, giving us a few uh, few tunes. I few always songs. think of Sister Act when I see yeah. them. You know? <laughs> so he's true. like the Dolores Von Cartier Absolutely. of the Gospel Choir. Yeah. Um, and then Rachel Blackmore will be turning on the lights for us. And yes, absolutely. We'll hopefully get a few tips from her. Um, and then we it's all in aid of uh, Avine's Pink Tie uh, charity. Okay, which is which is great. And of course, it would be remiss of me as a, a regular visitor not to mention the work that happens all year round by the florist. So whilst oh, there'll yes. be big, uh, whilst there'll be big um, festive displays now, there's always a kind of a show-stopping display inside of uh, the front door at, at uh, in the main reception. Yeah, like we're so fortunate to have Cat 
Um, you go in just to see it and it's always themed and yes she has all her poncettias out now and um, no she does some fantastic displays so no we're very lucky to have Kat and you know she loves doing what she does um, and she also works in our tea rooms so you know she's she's a multitasker there you have it yeah. so she can keep an eye as she's passing whether the, the flowers are, are wilting <laughs> yes. or not if there's one need to be plucked off yeah. and Emma Jane aside from that I presume um, you know you're really heading into a busy season because you know it is the time of let it be Christmas parties whether either corporate or family or business or personal you know people are getting together they're going out for couple of drinks something to eat maybe an afternoon tea maybe a lunch you know and all of these services are available at Lyrath because people like to to get together and there's a time really of it's a, it's a season of ritual isn't it absolutely and you know there's a we've got a busy couple of weeks ahead of us um with Christmas parties weddings and obviously you know guests wanting to get away sometimes before Christmas with their mm. family so yeah a lovely buzz around uh, the hotel Lovely. And uh, the grill bar, of course, uh, the grill and bar upstairs as well as, as downstairs. And that's always, it's kind of like the suspended restaurant, yes. I think, when you're sitting. <laughs> you know I love sitting in the lobby, but there's always that suspended restaurant upstairs as well that people yeah. can, you can see. And of course, the, the gawkers downstairs can see all the gear coming yeah. down the stairs. So <laughs> it's great. Watching. Absolutely. So, yeah, so you've got the, obviously, the, the open kitchen as well. So it's nice to, you can watch mm. the chefs cooking. Um, and then... Like I have to say, you know, when we have live music in that lobby area, you, you could be at a concert, you know, you can go to Lyrath, you can have a fantastic dinner at either the U or the Grill. Um, and then to come downstairs and have cocktails from the piano bar and listen to the music, you know, it's a night out in itself. It's not, you know, you don't just go for dinner in a restaurant and then try to shuffle your way around town. Mm, like mm. it's a really good, it's it well worth around, coming out yeah. for, for a, a great night out. Yeah. For sure. Well, listen, hope it all goes well and afternoon tea continues uh, yes. as well in your beautiful uh, room with the most fabulous wallpaper. Yes, so our Christmas uh, afternoon tea is launched again on Monday the 27th in the Lady Charlotte rooms. So lots of festive treats. Uh, and a sneak previews of what the festive treats. I'm sure there'll be plenty of cinnamon, yes. maybe a little mince pie. Yes, we do. And obviously you need to have a, a, a chief sampler. So I've been yeah. tasting <laughs> lots of treats there for the last couple you of days. You do it for the team, Emma Absolutely. Jane. You know, I take the highs with the lows. But um, sure. no, and, and we have Chef Abby now. He's put a lot of work into it and um, it looks fantastic, you know, with the Christmas cocktails and yeah. He's super. He's but with you a long time. He is. He's there. A number of years. <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Well, listen, the best look with it, uh, Emma Jane, that the the lights uh, are taking place uh, Monday, 5.30. Um, and whereabouts do people need to go uh, if they're if they're heading? So we're going to be uh, we we're going to be doing it in the lobby area. OK, so we'll have a little, as I said, drinks reception, mulled wine, mince pies and hot chocolates. I love that. Um, Topper's Bar will be serving food. So if you wanted to kind of come in a bit earlier and have something to make eat in the bar. Make a full day of it, yeah. And make, yeah, make a nice evening of it. Um, and yes, with the gospel choir, we're, we're, we're really looking forward to it, I have to say now. Absolutely. Well, listen, Emma Jane, uh, continued good wishes to yourself and all of the team in uh, Lyrath. I uh, hope it all goes great tonight. What category are you in yourselves? We are uh, nominated for Employer of the Year. Okay. So very exciting if we were to achieve this now, you know, after being awarded the great places to work only a few months ago. 
um, it would mean a, it would mean a lot to the team, a lot to the owners. And good feather yeah, in the cap so for sure. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> well, listen. Hope it all goes great tonight. Thank and you. thanks so much for popping into us this morning. That's Emma Jane Eden, general manager of Lyrath Estate, uh, telling us all about all that's happening there, including the turning on of the lights uh, with Rachel Blackmore and the Kilkenny Gospel Choir. Uh, let's take a little break and we will be back after this and we're chatting about stories from the heart of Ireland The Saturday Show on KCLR with Edward Hayden with thanks to Lyrath Estate gift a memory this Christmas with a Lyrath Estate gift voucher visit lyrath.com Carlo Kilkenny KCLR Now it's a fault year Ash Edward Hayden here with you hope you are in good form lots of lovely songs we're getting a full lesson in nostalgia here on our text line with all of the lovely Louise Morrissey songs that you're mentioning uh, to me I have tickets to give away to see Louise on the 10th of December text in your name where you are in the world and your favourite Louise Morrissey song to 0833069696 it's our dinnersready.ie contact line and I'll put all of those into the draw drum and we'll announce the winner before the end of this morning's show now, um, what have college student James Saunders, Paralympian Jason Smith, best-selling author Cathy Kelly, billionaire John Magner and singer Tommy Fleming all got in common? Well, I can tell you the answer is that they are amongst the 59 people who've donated their time and talent to provide a story of hope and resilience for a new book, Stories from the Heart of Ireland, which will raise funds for the Make-A-Wish Ireland and help them make dreams come true for young children with life-threatening conditions. The book is the brainchild of former broadcaster and journalist Brendan Power, um, who joins me on the telephone line now. Brendan, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward. How are you today? I'm very good, and thank you for taking the time to join with us on this Saturday morning um, on the show. We're very appreciative of it. Uh, Brendan, it sounds like a really fascinating um, project to undertake. Uh, talk to me about the kind of the concept of the book and kind of what flavour we're getting uh, from the stories from the heart of Ireland. Yeah, yeah you're right. It is. Uh, it's quite an amazing book, really, and a great... Uh, it was a great project. I've been working on it for a couple of years. Um, and I think it's an amazing book, not necessarily because of my involvement. I've got a couple of stories in it, but essentially because of the quality of the stories in there. Mm. There are, as you said, 59 writers. It's actually 61 stories. Um, each one of those stories is true. Each one of them is full of hope and inspiration. And one of the nice things about it is that each one only takes between, oh, what, five and 15 minutes to read. So it means you can dip in and out of it whenever you feel like it. Oh, lovely. A nice coffee but table book. It is ideal for that. And the best thing about it, of course, is that it's uh, it's raising funds for Make-A-Wish. And that is a very special charity and one that's uh, very close to my heart in particular. Of um, course, because you were, um, I, I, I suppose, vicariously involved with it um, because the, the the book, I suppose, to let people know, has come about because you lost uh, your own granddaughter when she was just nine years old and uh, she had the lovely treat of meeting uh, Father Christmas in Lapland uh, prior to her she passing. Did. Oh, but Edward, Edward, not just Father Christmas, the real Father Christmas. Oh, my she God. Me, yeah, when she came back, she said, Granddad, guess what? I've met Father Christmas, the real one. Not just and one of the workers. Oh, no, 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 no. And it was true as well, because 
two weeks later on Christmas Day, all the presents she asked him for were under the tree. Oh, how so gorgeous. So it must have been true. It must have been so, true for sure. And it gave, her, yeah. uh, gr- gave great joy to, to her. Oh, it was absolutely... She'd, she'd undergone, in the previous 18 months, three brain operations. She'd suffered a stroke. She'd been in and out of hospital, oh, like... God. ..all the time. And, but when she went there with Make-A-Wish, it just lifted her spirits immeasurably. You, you can't believe the difference it makes. And I saw it another time as well. I was in Dublin not so very long ago. I was there with my wife. We were in a hotel having dinner. There was a couple at the next table with a couple of children. We started talking to them. And it turned out that one of those children was there as a result of Make-A-Wish. He was a gamer. And there's a very famous gamer in Dublin who apparently is known worldwide. And he wanted to meet him. So Make-A-Wish would take him to see them. Actually, we got up early the next morning to see him off. And we saw him, the limousine pulled up and he got into the limousine. He wouldn't have needed it, by the way. He was floating three feet off the ground anyway. How gorgeous. But off he, off he went. And he was, again, it reminded me of Neve. He's just absolutely over the moon, if I can use that expression. And these experiences uh, come for these children, Neve and that other little boy, when, when, when they need them most. And I, I presume, Brendan, that not only does it bring joy to, to the child, in, in, in your own case, Neve, but I presume that joy ekes out to the whole family. Oh, it really does. It really does. It, it's, it's not possible to tell you how a family feels like that, but when they, see, when they see the child's spirits lifted so much, their spirits automatically lift. It just changes things completely. So it, it, it really is great. And on, with this particular book, all the royalties from it will be going direct to, uh, to Make-A-Wish. And one of the things, something that somebody told me many years ago, that what we should all do is try to do a good turn for somebody every day, but without getting found out. He said, if you get found out, it doesn't count. Aww. So this, this is an opportunity to do that, because if you go out and buy the book, not only will you enjoy it and maybe buy it for a present or whatever, but also you'll be helping these children. They won't know it was you, so you won't get found out but you'll know it was you and you can be proud of what you've done. Absolutely. And Make-A-Wish, of course, have granted over 3,000 wishes since its inception in 1992 and getting more requests uh, every year and providing such great joy. Brendan, tell me, where can we get the books? We can get it, I presume, in the bookshops or is there an online facility as well or where can we get it? There is. You can get it in any of the major bookshops, Edward, but also online. The easiest way to get it online, a number of the shops have got it online, but if you go onto the Make-A-Wish website, they've got a section there called Buy a Gift, and you can buy it on there. So that's it. And actually, I'll tell you as well, when you're on the Make-A-Wish website, I have a challenge for people. Have a look at the wishes, the wishes that have been granted. And my challenge is that you get through that page without wiping a tear from your eye. Yeah. It's quite incredible. A difficult challenge, I'm sure. That's a a big gauntlet to set uh, to our listeners. Brendan, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, I hope it goes really, really well. Uh, The generosity of people's time and spirit to to buy into the project and contribute to it is is testament only to the work that um, 
obviously make a wish to, but the work that you've done to, to inculcate that, exactly. that message in their minds. Continued good wishes. I hope your own family um, are, are doing okay at the loss of of your granddaughter yeah, and obviously uh, daughters and everything like that. So our prayer for you this Christmas is that um, there's strength provided. But I think stories from the heart of Ireland will certainly uh, bring comfort, hopefully, to your family. And Neve's legacy will live on through it. And uh, people can, as you say, support Make-A-Wish in, in that endeavour. Thank you, Brendan, and good morning to you. And congratulations, heartiest congratulations. Thank you, Thank you very much. Now, that's Brendan Power there telling us all about the stories from the heart of Ireland. A fantastic undertaking for sure and certain. Let's take a break. Healthy Habits on Case Yellow with Natural Health Store and Irish brand One Nutrition Ashwagandha, giving you a little energy support with magnesium and zinc, formulation to support energy. Available at Natural Health Store Market Cross. Feel good on the inside. Feel good on the inside for sure and certain. That's uh, that's the desire, isn't it? You're very welcome back. Edward Hayden here with you on the Saturday show. And I'm delighted to be joined in studio by we- Peter White from Calsa Yoga. Peter, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward. Uh, lovely to have you with us in the studio. And um, you're really telling us about the kind of the benefits and the panacea that is uh, yoga and more especially Kundalini yoga. Yeah, it's uh, something I got into going back now 14 years just again with the uh, anxiety and uh, the depression I was kind of struggling you know the medication wasn't really working mm. I, I was on I suppose go, to go back at, at 16 I was diagnosed with depression put on medication lithium so how that did that present at, at, at 16 oh it was like back then it was 2000 it was 96 so it wasn't really talked about as much mm. as I said I didn't know what was happening I used to just spend hours crying non-stop so I, w- I didn't know what to do about it. Eventually, then it be you know the suicidal thoughts kicked in. So then it was right we need to do something about it. And thankfully, I went to the doctor and put on medication, and that helped. You know, it, it started to it managed the depression. I was able to function. Mm. Um, I also had issues with sleeping and anxiety, but that was fine. You know, I think throughout my from sixteen then till twenty nine, the depression was managed. But then the recession kicked in, and that presented a whole load of other problems. Um, also around the time which can exacerbate well, this is it it was like everything was falling apart I worked mm. in construction so I was you know I bought a house and I was waking up at 5am every morning with a knot in my stomach worrying about how I was going to pay the bills I wasn't sleeping properly one of the side effects of the medication is that it impacts your kidneys so I used to be waking up every two hours What's thinking I had to go for a chair? pee and I didn't so I knew that I had to do something different because if I went you know to the doctor I'd just be put on more medication to deal mm. with that and as well, you know, I also had addictive problems as well. So I used to smoke too much, way too much cannabis. And that wasn't even helping with the sleep. So I started looking for alternatives. And that's how I came across. It was uh, an article about, I think it was a teacher. And she spoke about how um, it had helped her depression and her mental health. So I said, why not? And I bought a book online. And between that and looking at videos on YouTube, I just started doing two hours of it every morning. And tell us what is... Kundalini yoga. What differentiates it from from another type? It's a little bit different in the sense that it, I suppose, it works from the inside out. So it would impact your nervous system and your endocrine system. So the endocrine system is responsible for the hormones. And nine times out of ten, when you go to the doctor, he'll tell you that you have a chemical imbalance. So this is what the the yoga tends to target. And 
yeah, I suppose it works from the inside out. It's not too different. It's just, it's, you know, you do a yoga set, mm-hmm. but then it also has relaxation, meditation, breath work. It has a lot more than just the physical postures. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, mantras as well. So it has a, it encompasses a lot more. It's more than, it's, it's multidimensional, let's say. And then... And tell me, uh, Peter, is it is it the kind of the act of doing it or the kind of the benefits of doing it do you think that has that has aided you and obviously uh, potentially can aid others? Well, this is it. I was like, I also, you know, I started doing it and I think it was on the, on the third week. So it was day 15 or day 16. I was walking down the stairs and I remember just smiling. Um, I remember to this day, like it was the strangest feeling because, you know, from been 15 years kind of managing depression and not mm-hmm. being happy to just this feeling of peace and calm that I hadn't experienced in such a since I was a kid so I was sitting down at the kitchen table and I thought to myself like the only difference the only thing I've done different is this so I kind of started to research it and it's more the kundalini energy which we all have and that's what yoga does it awakens that and that's the energy of healing of transformation and that's what it kind of targets that energy so that's what brings about the uh, the change so quickly as opposed to other types of yoga. And has that feeling remained with you? Has this kind of, um, I, I'll say the wrong thing probably in terms of vocabulary, but has that kind of, that feeling of depression and anxiety, has it petered away? Have you it kind of just compartmentalised or no. is it still part of your being? No, it's, um, I haven't been to a doctor or a chemist in 15 years um, and I've never been depressed since. I've continued with the practice though because I've lived with depression and I've lived since since I was with the yoga let's say mm. and it makes a whole difference you know you do when you've done that we are in the yoga studio this morning at 6am and by the time you're done at, at 8am there's a feeling of sen- there's a sense of calm and peace and just contentment that you can't buy it's very hard to describe it because it's, exp- it's experiential so you have to do it to really know it you know, you could read all the books on mm, swimming mm. or on skydiving, but it's practice based. It's practice. It's 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 ninety nine percent practice. So you're now living without it. Yeah. How wonderful. It's, and that's why I kind of went and did a teacher training. I like, I think after two and a half weeks, it was gone. And I think a week later, I'd signed up to do the teacher training because, you know, I was told I'd be on medication for the rest of my life. Mm. Um, and that's that wasn't the case. And I thought if it could help me, it could help others. And I think that was why I wanted to to teach it. How wonderful. Uh, We're coming up towards 11 o'clock. Angela might give me the indulgence, uh, if that's all right, for another moment or two. Tell me about your own work then now, because not only are you uh, a practitioner, but you're also uh, a tutor and a facilitator of this um, as well, helping people on a journey. Yeah, we do just a regular classes during the week, which Mm. are fine, which are more for well-being. But then there's also I see a lot of people one to one. So again, like I focus more on the healing side of it. So we call it yoga therapy. Mm. Um, so again, I get a lot of people into me, and they're again, they're like like myself. They had they were on medication or they're on it, or maybe it's been suggested that they take it. They might not be severely depressed. They might be just unhappy. You know, there's a, a very good book called Lost Connections, which uh, Johan Harry talks about the real reasons for depression. But I created um, I suppose during the summer there, I created an online course because I wanted people to have access to it. Let's say so you know you can do it any time during the day or the night. And, and again, you were just telling me, and unfortunately time is against us, but you were telling me offline that, you know, people that maybe have anxiety are get <laughs> angst, anxious about coming to a class. So this works very well for this them. The thought of coming to a yoga class, a group class would give mm. them anxiety and it makes it more uh, affordable as well. You know, you, you just buy the course and that's it. It's done, mm. it's yours for the rest mm. of your life. There's a community support there as well. We can log in and ask questions. Um, 
so yeah it's just it's there. and even with depression people struggle with motivation um and to actually get up and do something whereas if you have it there you know you can do it in your pjs you know, yeah you can do it sounds anything. like a transformative journey tell me where people can get in contact with you peter and sign up for for what it is that you do because you have a multi-pronged offering we do it's um it's not you'll find it on the, on the website it's probably the best thing calcioga.ie um, that's that's where everything is really. And we're on Instagram and things like that. Yeah, but it's it's mainly just on the website. That's how you need to go. And uh, yeah, just go in and click on that and read and see what you think. What can behold? How lovely! Well, listen, it's so lovely to hear your your story. I wasn't expecting uh, that this morning, um, but it's so lovely to hear it. I told you offline. I had I I did a bit of Kundalini yoga at one stage with uh, my wonderful cousin Trish, um, and it was it was really wonderfully relaxing and you know for somebody like her or like yourself who believes so steadfastly in it you can't but get seduced by by its um, offering but this is it the effects of it are just so powerful you know mm. it changes your life and you know because we experience life from the inside out so if you're happy and content and peaceful within yourself that's how you experience life whereas if you're stressed and depressed and anxious and fearful that's how you'll experience it. Well, the former is the is the desire, isn't it? Is it yeah. Peter, thanks so much. Peter White from Calcio Yoga. Check out uh, all that on the website. Thank you so much Thank for coming much. in to us this morning. It was a real pleasure to uh, chat with you. Uh, we're going to go over to a break and we're going to go very late to Angela Doyle-Stewart with the news just after 11. But um, these things happen. Peter's telling me not to stress, so I won't <laughs> <laughs> back after this. Healthy Habits on Casey Yellower with natural health store and Irish brand One Nutrition Ashwagandha giving you a little energy support with magnesium and zinc formulated to support energy available at natural health store Market Cross feel good on the inside The Saturday Show on Casey Yellower with Edward Hayden with thanks to Lyrath Estate gift a memory this Christmas with a Lyrath Estate gift voucher visit lyrath.com <laughs> Oh, come here till I tell you. Um, good morning. You're very welcome back. Edward Hayden here with you and delighted to be with you here for the Saturday show. Thanks to Angela Doyle Stewart and thanks uh, for uh, her indulgence there. But I just really wanted to continue a chat with, with Peter just for another moment or two because um, it's fascinating. One of the things that really surprises me and continues to surprise me on this show is the quality of the guests that we have and what they have to say. And it never ceases but to amaze me. And I always appreciate it. And uh, I suppose the, the variance in their in their story in front of me is um, I can confirm to you one of my favorite people in the whole world because I think she's a powerhouse in every way, good and bad. Um, she's a cure its egg, but she's a, an amazing person. And I'm delighted that she's come into us uh, here this morning. I won't mention that she gave a run to um, our friend on um we won't mention that she gave a run to our friend um, on RTE before us but anyway we won't mention that and that is Mag Kerwin and after we chat with Mag we're going to go over to our telephone line um, as well um, so we'll chat with Molly in a few minutes as well but we'll start with Mag when she's in front of us here Mag Kerwin good morning to you Morning Edward how are you? Now I'm very good uh, I'm not too bad actually uh, I take that back I'm not too bad um, how are you? I'm great Fantastic. I can't talk very well. I have a bit of a sore throat now. I think I'm talking too much maybe, but all good. Yeah, all good. Yeah, that would never that. happen. Now, Mag, I, I'm looking at you here, actually, and there's a dichotomy of messaging in front of me because you're sitting here uh, with your lovely um, short hairdo, 
uh, the leather gear is on you and beside you that's one brand it's brand mag and then beside you is the other brand that is your very happy bedfellow and that's Goatsbridge Trout uh, which we'll come to in a few moments one of your, your businesses that's you know taking seismic advanced steps at the at the moment but um as I said, you never cease to amaze me no more than our guests. You've just come back from climbing the Mount Everest base camp. Yeah, and it's it's not so much a climb as a trek. Mm. So it's a 10-day trek in total um, getting up to the top, which is about 5,345 metres. And then we took three days to come back down. Yeah, what an amazing, amazing trip. And it was uh, wonderful. Yeah, absolutely spectacular I, I don't even think words can describe it to be honest with you I don't even think pictures can describe it and mm. um, you know I've been very lucky over the last couple of years um, to do some fantastic things you know um, and this was just one of them but something I'll never forget as long as I live You had a bout of ill health Yeah yeah well, I was diagnosed with um, um, a blood cancer called multiple myeloma about almost three years ago now um, I had a bone marrow transplant almost two years two years ago and life is I'm just living my life around this so things are good I've done lots of you know I've it hasn't really stopped me um, mm. so I feel blessed at the moment and we just just keep doing what I'm doing and uh, don't look too far ahead um, because I just have to get on with it really isn't that it? Did it change your life? Honestly I don't think so no I don't think so I think what changed my life was um, Did about it change your perspective? I don't think so Honestly, I don't think I don't know. I don't think so. I think what changed my life, my pers- perspective, if I'm being really honest, was um, starting to do sport, which I started mm. to do about eight years ago. I used to work all the time up to that, really a lot. I used to work very hard and silly kind of a little bit of walking, a little bit of, you know, and um, I was looking up to find sport eight years ago. And that definitely changed my life. And the big thing when I was diagnosed and the question in my mind was, oh, my God, will I ever be able to run again? Will I ever be able to cycle again? And that was the first thing once I realised I had a chance to fight this. And, I mean, listen, I, I was lucky enough to to, to, to um, cycle from Beirut to Barcelona um, last year, climbing 11,000 metres in 100 hours, um, about six or seven months after my bone marrow transplant. So, you know, I just pinch myself every day and gratitude is something that I think is the most powerful thing I think is in my life and every day be, gra- be grateful for everything I have. We had um, Thanksgiving on Thursday. What are you thankful for, Mags? Oh my God, I have so many things to be thankful for. Well, I went. I spent 18 days away with Jer. I was thankful that I had Jer Long with me. suffering. Long suffering and he's a great travel companion and we had the most amazing time together. It was great to be able to share that with Jer because I do a lot of stuff in, on my own independently. Mm. But to have that and to have... You're a great there, unit, aren't you? Uh, we're very good, I think. You know, we're not perfect. Um, you know, there's the yin and yang and we're very different. Um, but, you know, I've, I suppose when you come to realise and you make your way, I've come to realise what each of us brings to the table in terms of strengths. And I think we're a very strong unit together, absolutely. You know, um, so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my four kids. The two boys are on the, on the bus heading off to play the semi-final, the, the quarter-finals of the All-Irelands having won senior in Thomastown. So obviously I'm here, so I can't be there. Um, but I, I, Jerry's gone and um, I think they're hoping that it should go well. I'm grateful for obviously my girls as well. I'm grateful for, for um, a life I love. I mean, I have 
a lovely family. My mother is 88 and hale and hearty and still living alone independently. I had a lovely evening with her yesterday where I watched The Late Late Show, um, which I thought was fantastic. I thought it was really just back to basics, back to mm. the kids. Um, I'm grateful for the business. I absolutely think we're making fantastic progress. We spent 18 days away. I had no phone, no email. I'm really grateful for the team of people we have working with us out there. And um, people come, people go, but we're starting to really cement a great team. And we came back and the guys said the team did very well. And um, I'm grateful that we can, you know, give people hopefully lives that they can have good lives as well, along with goats, which is not just about myself and Jerry and our family. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for friends and um, friends in sport, old friends, new friends. I have so much to be grateful. I'm grateful for good health at the moment. Mm. You know, I've had challenges. How uh, is your health, Mag? My health at the moment is really good. You know, I have a bit of sciatic at the moment. I have a sore ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's something that's not serious. I had a lot of scans in the last couple of weeks just to confirm it was nothing sinister. And, yeah. you know, I felt I got another get out of jail card, really, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it's always in the back of your mind, you know. And it's a case of seeing how long I can remain in remission and what happens then once I come out of remission. But there's lots of stuff happening out there. As, as, a, as a biochemist in terms of my background, I know there's a lot of work happening. You know, I'm only on the first round of treatment. There's lots of stuff out there. And um, so I'm grateful for my consultant who I trust. I'm grateful for my sports trainer, Martin Kerman in Washford. I'm grateful for the Tri Club. You know, um, I'm grateful for everything really I have so much to be grateful for How gorgeous talk to me about the development then that's uh, that's taking place uh, anyone who's been passing I passed it recently on my way to Mount Juliet Estate yeah. and um, it's a, a hive of activity at Goatsbridge yeah. HQ at the minute what are you what well, are you doing there's always a fellow with a hard hat floating around when you pass yeah, Goatsbridge look, look we've done some serious work in the last uh, three years um, I know there's a lot of media in the last couple of weeks around the last sets of development but pro- so we spent I suppose in total we've spent about 2.8 million in the last three years which is a really serious investment we got about 1.1 million investment from EU and Brexit funding so what we've done is we've just taken the plunge and we've re- we've completely rebuilt one of our farms um, and we've now extended our, our, our factory which gives us a lot more capability and we have built a solar farm to run that new farm so it's been a ser- so I suppose it's all around the whole notion of sustainability I suppose, especially the environmental and sustainability. We're kind of anything we've ever made over the years, we've ploughed back into the business mm. and we're primed for growth now. I mean, we've just got the listings in the last couple of days with Okada in the UK, which is a really good one for us. Um, and we're now on the path to, I suppose, internationalise our business using our brand. And that's really it in a nutshell. And, you know, it does frustrate me very much when I look around at all the restaurants and hotels um, in the country, even lo- in, even as, as local as Kilkenny, who have salmon three or four times on the menu and do not have what is a really high quality product out the road on a menu. You know, I have to mention people and, and you know, people like Zunis for the last, I'd say, Forever, 20, it's 20 years. Yeah. It's just, and, there are, and, and I shouldn't mention one person because there are many people out there mm. who support us. But when I go into any of the major hotels or restaurants in Kilkenny and you see salmon on the starter, salmon in the main course, salmon, you know, I just think, what the hell is wrong with people? What do I have to do to sell trout, you know? And, and you know, I, I, we even managed to bring trout to the heights of base camp. Took a picture up there. If I can manage to bring trout up the base camp, why can I not manage to bring trout to the plates of the restaurants and hotels? Because, And what's know, the answer to that? You know, you can hear the frustration in my voice. And that's mm. because, um, you know, 
and I, I can't get frustrated because we but I've been working with your and our company on this for the last 20, 25 years and you're asking yourself the question. I think a lot of times people just don't think about it. A lot of times people, you're almost, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. So people think, oh, well, people don't know trout. We're trying to educate people. What we're doing now is really good. We have an amazing product. It's equally as good as salmon, if not better, but I, I won't even, you know, bash another product. It's, it's thousands of miles fresher. It's more sustainable in terms of food miles. And um, we will bend over backwards. You know, we will give value for money. We will, you know, it's all a matter of people just stopping and saying, what the hell? Look, just give it a chance because oh, it's an amazing product. Oh, and, and, and we now are in a position where we are driving on with production, driving on with sales. We're doing everything with integrity and we hope we, we're doing that so I can sell the product. Our products taste amazing. You know, it's just a matter of people stopping and giving us a chance here and saying, listen, because, you know, there's a, a lot of product being imported. Whereas... It's it's a, it's a funny thing, you know, it's a, it's an it's an Irish thing. Well, you know, people never really support their own. You know, is there is there a case of that? I don't know. And we have a lot of support. We really have. And um, since we've been doing a lot of PR in the last couple of weeks, I've noticed an awful lot of people actually coming to the farm shop. You know, and and I just love I just love when people send a message or people, you know, support us and I just ask them for that support really, you know. It's a super project. I'm always uh, happy to use it myself. It's 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 a super project. And again, of course, you know, we're so cognizant now of where our food comes from and mm. should be more so cognizant of it, you know, that that locality and the kind of the local pitch, you know, is is really important, isn't it? Right. Absolutely. I mean, we try and support local, mm. whether it's go to the local hardware or go to the local, you know, butcher. Or, yeah, yeah, and, and you have to do that because I can't ask for that support in return no. if I don't. We don't do that as a company. And that's how towns and villages and communities thrive. Um, what's next? What's next? Well, uh, I think what's next today is I have to go out to the to, to the Yule Fest in, in in Kilkenny, which is a, hay, a, a hive of activity, and you know it's it's on in Kilkenny, and obviously Marion Flannery said, make sure you mention the Yule Fest. Um, <laughs> she have, never misses the trick. Never, but we She's do. She's a bit like yourself. <laughs> we do have a stand out there, and we are promoting a, a Christmas hamper that we're trying to get out there. We're in chowder, and people want a nice oh, snack. The chowder is delicious. Yeah, so so we have a lovely girl Katie out working for us. I'm going to go out and give her a hand there now, and um, hopefully I'll watch the match uh, um, um, virtually um, today what's next um, I suppose we've got a busy time ahead um, we are with the craft fair in, in the, our, you know the gifted in, in, in Dublin but more so next year we plan doing a lot of shows we're going to go to Barcelona in April to try and, and, and bring in some more uh, business um, we're doing a lot of, we're doing a big show in, in, in a big sponsorship in January in the UK because we are now really on a roll of trying to drive on in that place because it's a good um, volume of people and we're doing some, a good bit of business in France now we're trying to develop that Well if you're looking for a little chap to carry in a few boxes out of the van You know what <laughs> it's hard to get people it's hard to get good people you know I know Ger is looking for somebody to come and work alongside him take on a, a, a fairly major role in the factory in terms of operations you know some practical experience you know we're, we're, we're always looking for you know we're looking for um, good people um, who want to help us drive and de- develop and build our business. Can I give you a few texts? Yes. Um, well done to Goatsbridge Trout Farm. Their products are amazing. My daughter brings the patty to school nearly every day for her lunch and that's from Magella. Well, fair play to you, know Magella what? is what I say. Do you know what? Your daughter is amazing. Yeah, that would make your heart weak. It does. Ask, ask, Mag- ask, her, ask Mags, where can I get the trout? She is brilliant. 
Well, um, the, the fresh trout is available in Super Value Down stores. People might realise that. Um, it was available in Littlewood. It's no longer there, but, you know, it is available in those uh, soup. And obviously the fish, fish, uh, John Hines, the fisherman's market in, in yes. Hebron, Dustin Street. And um, the, 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 the patty and cold smoke, some of those products are available in Super Value Down stores. In actual fact, John has, in, 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 in Lockboy, has agreed to do, um, to sell some of our catering patty for Christmas and our catering sites. So we're going to go in there in the next couple of weeks to do tastings. The, the, the team in Lockboy have been amazing and in Thomastown, mm. you know, um, have been amazing supporters over the years and continue to, to support us, you know. And of course, out at the farm shop as well, people can pop out to you. Yes. Love Mags, beautiful person, fantastic inspiration to us all, says another texter as well. So there's a lot of text and love I hate out when there. People for you. tell me I'm inspiration and all this kind of stuff. You know what? I'm a normal person. Well, I don't tell you you're an inspiration no. because what I tell you is you're a powerhouse. I think you're a yeah. powerhouse. Look, of I'm a woman. just getting on with it. And, yeah. um, it almost embarrasses me because I'm just getting on with it and, you know, I don't know far more people. That that guest you had on here before I came in here, now he was inspirational. What a lovely young man, you know. Absolutely. Well, listen, it's absolutely gorgeous to talk to you. I think you're Thanks for getting such me. a super person. All the I, plugs in. I, happy abs- <laughs> I absolutely love you. I Thanks absolutely do. And I mean that. And all on, you've done over, we're on over the go, years. We're on the go a long time and yeah. we've, we've, uh, we've, we've never had a crossword in no. that length of time You've always um, but we've, we've had differences of opinion we've had some good nights out too haven't we we've had some great we nights have. I absolutely love yeah. you Mag Kerwin thank, thank you so you. much for joining us and continued good health and good wealth and prosperity uh, to you uh, wealth of experience and wealth of opportunity is what I wish you flattering will get you everywhere Edward oh listen I don't know whether it does or not I'm flattering a lot of people and it's not working do you know <laughs> it's all duck yeah. and no dinner anyway listen thank you so no much problem, uh, and good morning to you stay with me there for a second yeah. because I'm going over to the telephone line and I'm joined on it by Molly Coogan. Molly, good morning uh, to you. Good morning, Edward. How are you? I'm very good. Well, listen, thanks for taking the time to chat with us briefly, uh, Molly, because, um, listen, I mean, there's such a level of incredulity uh, with regard to what has happened over the last day or two in Dublin. Um, and I want to firstly start by saying, you know, that almost the stabbings that have happened are almost have been forgotten. I don't want those to be forgotten by anybody. But the rioting and everything that has happened subsequently in the looting, you were involved in that. You were at the cold face of it uh, inadvertently uh, the other night. Um, give us a give us a picture, paint a picture if you can, uh, Molly, of what the situation was. Yeah, gosh, I was lucky enough. I suppose I wasn't. I wasn't involved. I wouldn't say, but I was definitely around. I was there. So I was on my way into the city myself. I was going. Um, to Belvedere College I was going to work on a show and I was coming up O'Connell Street and of course all the buses were diverted so I had to walk O'Connell Street and I kind of knew going into the city that it was a bit of a strange evening as you mentioned the horrific um, incident that had happened earlier on in the day but we all knew there were going to be Garda present and that Parnell Street would be closed so I figured it was okay to go in and I was coming up to the top of O'Connell Street just to where Parnell Street crosses it there and the fireworks started so there were people setting off fireworks in the street um, so I got a fright initially, obviously, as you would, and there were dogs barking and the fire brigade were there and the fireworks were going off very low. And I was like, somebody's going to get hit. And at that stage, I kind of thought it's so disgraceful that people would take, you know, the fact that there are guards around it, that the street is closed, that they're kind of causing a bit of divilment and setting off fireworks. You know, that's shocking mm. that that's going on. But I thought, oh, it'll pass. So I popped into some of the shops there and I kind of had a wander and I because I needed to get to Belvedere. So I was like, when that all calms down, I'll head off. And then I was getting texts from friends and stuff, and I heard that they'd set a guard car on fire down that end. So I thought, okay, it's time to go home. 
Um, I'm not staying for this. It's time to go home. So I headed back over the bridge into near Trinity, and I said, I'll get a bus here. I usually get my bus there. And, I mean, everyone was trying to get a bus. It was kind of everyone was just trying to get out, get out of the situation. Couldn't get a bus. The buses were passing by full of people, not letting anybody else on. Then moved on forward, down further down to Stevens Green. Tried to get a bus down there, Kildare Street, no buses. The guards were all kind of running for Leinster House, and they were saying, you're not going to get a bus. There's no buses coming. Um, I said, maybe I'll go sit somewhere. Again, it was just the feeling of not being safe. Like the guard helicopter had started circling. There were sirens in the distance. Some people were kind of still going about their, their business and the, the pubs and the restaurants were still busy. Some people were panicking and on the phone and, and looking frightened. I was starting to feel a little bit frightened. My phone battery was starting to get a bit low. Um, I tried to go in to sit in a restaurant there on Ann Street, but they stopped letting people in. They were all closing up as well. And the, the panic was kind of starting there. They were like, oh, it's spreading. They're coming. And I was like, I'm never going to get home. I can't get home. How do I get home? Poor mom and dad at home were trying to ring people to come in and get me. I was trying to ring friends that had cars. And eventually, um, eventually I did get sorted and somebody came in. But I mean, the start, when I saw the fireworks at the start, was at about half past six. And I didn't get into a car to go safely home until 10 to nine. So it was kind of a, a mad wander for a while. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of all the kind of the chaos that it must have brought and, and you know, that sense of, of fear. Previously, Molly, would you have felt safe? I mean, we're hearing so much uh, stories in the last couple of months uh, about Dublin since the summer in, in particular. Previously, would you have felt safe kind of wandering around Dublin and going up, not necessarily wandering, but going about your business uh, in Dublin? Would it have been a safe place for you, did you find? Not really. I'd never really go into the city by myself. If you were with other people, absolutely fine. Mm. And if you're in the right areas, you know, but there's always places in Dublin. Like if you put Google Maps on to find somewhere, you have to be mindful now, does that street look a little bit quieter, the people on it or... Do you know, I wouldn't say that, no. Unease, kind of, even like standing, for me, like the bus would be the main thing, like standing at a bus stop, but as soon as you're on the bus, then you can relax. It is very much kind of watching over your shoulder and it's kind of a sense of unease, I would say, definitely, especially in probably the past year. Um, yeah. How yeah. shocking. It's it's shocking. And all that has gone on, you know, uh, you know, the vitriol, uh, the violence and everything has been has been really uh, terrible. In conclusion, Molly, can I just ask you um, now, today, yesterday, I suppose, mm-hmm. the tail end of yesterday, what's the vibe? What's the feeling like um, as you're as you're going about your business now? What are people thinking or feeling or saying um, as you're traversing around the city? Um, I was afraid, so I came home that night and I kind of thought, gosh, that's really ruined. Like, it's ruined the city and I feel it's ruined, like, for a lot of people, there is a sense of fear. And there already was because of, as you said, the horrific incident earlier on in the day, but just, it's just escalated. And then yesterday evening, it was, um, I was meant to be back in the city to go to the show again, but I'd missed the night before. And I didn't want to go. Um, and my mom was coming to see it anyway, so she said, I'll drive you in, you have to go back. And it is the thing of kind of facing it, like we can't let something like that stop us from going about our daily lives and from enjoying ourselves and doing the things. But it definitely has, it's caused a sense of unease and students here, I'm in UCD and everyone is talking about it. There's kind of a bit of a nervous energy. It's very sombre kind of around, even UCD, which isn't near the city, like it was very quiet yesterday. It was very kind of uneasy, I feel, yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, I think the weight of it sits on 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 many uh, people in different ways. Molly, listen. Glad that you're that you're well, and thanks for just giving us the 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 testimony of what's happening. Um, it's 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 nice to to chat with one of our own to hear uh, what's happening. The Kilkenny girl in the city. So. Um, Thank you for chatting with us this morning and continued good wishes to you and um, to all of the people who were who were there because, you know, that sense of unease that it will bring will remain with you, no doubt, I'm sure, for, for a long time. But um, for, thank, for chatting with us this morning, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Now, that's Molly Coogan there, of course. You will remember her from her Rose of Trolley days here uh, in Kilkenny um, as well. Uh, just before I take the break, Mag Kerwin is still with us and I'll just uh, indulge her by giving her one more text and it says, I got trout in Super Value Thomastown on Thursday and if it was from that lady's farm, it was delicious. No bones and nicer than salmon. There you have it. Uh, And uh, we'd all concur. Let's take uh, a break back after this. The Saturday Show on KCLR with Edward Hayden. With thanks to Lyrath Estate. Gift a memory this Christmas with a Lyrath Estate gift voucher. Visit lyrath.com. KCLR. Now, good morning. You're very welcome back. Edward Hayden here with you. 083 306 9696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line. Uh, deli- very busy show here this morning and I'm delighted to be joined on the telephone line now uh, by Patrick Rafter, who's regarded as one of Ireland's most outstanding musicians, international award-winning violinist and uh, conductor. And he joins us live from Sligo, where he was on the stage last night. Patrick Rafter, I concur with all of the above. Good morning to to you. Edward, good morning. That's a very, very, very nice introduction. I'm not quite sure what to say to that, but thank you very much. Well, we've planned it specially <laughs> for you. You know I'm uh, heading up now to be chairperson of the fan club. I think you're absolutely uh, super in terms of what you what you bring to the party. I think there's such a uniqueness about uh, your, your talent and uh, your offering. And uh, another string to your bow, pardon the violinist pun, is the Marble City Music Festival, which is having its inaugural um, issue uh, next weekend with three concerts at St John's Priory on John Street. First and foremost, you might tell us about where the the idea or the kernel of the idea for the festival came about, Patrick. Yes, thanks, Edward. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. It's really a pleasure every time to chat to you and to be on the show. So thank you. Um, the Marble City Music Festival, I think I'm from Kilkenny, obviously, and I'm very, very proud Kilkenny man. And any opportunity to, to come back home is always a pleasure. But I think I wanted to create this festival out of a desire to connect with Michael Kenny audiences back back home. So in every concert, after every single concert, I'm going to have a reception in the Clubhouse Hotel. And it's really a vision to connect with my audience. So there'll be stories told from the stage. It'll be all the kind of most epic pieces of classic music. So for this section, these three concerts next week, we've got um, Vivaldi Four Seasons, We've got some epic stuff for violin and piano, some violin pyrotechnics, if you want. So there might be fire on stage with the violin. I can't, <laughs> can't guarantee you not now. You'll be knocking I sparks out of it. insurance company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a desire to connect to people. And I think um, sometimes there have been walls in classical music. And I'm a very friendly, you know me, and we get along very well. And... I wanted to bring kind of my warmth and friendliness and openness 
to classical music and really invite people, welcome people to this world. So that's the vision. Yeah, and I think it's 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 a very good vision with with very good and well intentioned bona fides because I think what it does is it makes and I always have said this to you on air and off. I think your approach makes it uh, and makes classical music and makes the vibe much more accessible for people. And accessibility is key for those to enjoy and engage and immerse or dabble uh, in it as well. So I think that's uh, that's really well intentioned. Tell us what we have um, lined up as part of the programme. Who's going to be uh, performing? Super. So yes, we've got on the Saturday evening at 8pm, I'm going to be joined by a chap called Fiafu Garvey, who's from Wicklow originally. He lives in London and he's, I'd say he's one of Europe's best pianists. He's a brilliant guy, a very, very, once again, a very warm, friendly, lovely person, but amazing musician. And we play a lot together. Actually, I was playing with him last night and we've we've got some very, very nice um, record labels happening next year. So we work together a lot. Um, so Fiaker and I will present a really, really nice program on, on the Saturday night. And then on the Sunday, there's two concerts at 1 p.m. and at 4 p.m. And it's this iconic work, the Vivaldi Four Seasons. You literally can't go wrong because I think it's that beautiful Venn diagram intersection between what every single person who knows classical music will adore these works. But anybody, and I genuinely can't stress that enough, anybody can come and really appreciate and be enthralled and laugh, be humoured. You'll probably have lots of smiles. You might have a tear, hopefully for the right reasons on stage. Mm. But they're just, they're really, really great works. So that's on the Sunday at 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. And I've got brilliant artists. I've got the RTE Contempo String Quartet who are, um, they've been living here for the last 30 years. They're international people. They've been living here for the last 30 years. They're incredible. They're brilliant communicators. They are people who know how to have a laugh on stage. So you'll feel that connection with them. And so I've got them and I've got a lady called Rachel Factor, who's a brilliant harpsichordist, also from Ireland, playing in the Vivaldi Four Seasons. So that's at 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. It's the same repertoire. So it'll be the Vivaldi Four Seasons and a few other kind of showstoppers thrown in there as little treats to get you going and get you laughing. How gorgeous. Patrick, I'm just thinking of a couple of things when I'm chatting with you in advance of chatting with this morning. You're so loyal to Kilkenny. You know, your roots uh, are are obviously so important to you and you always uh, bring, I suppose, such a generosity of spirit and music to to Kilkenny in that regard. I mean, you could have hosted this festival anywhere, but I know from chatting with you previously, it was very important for you that it, it resided in Kilkenny. Yes, thank you, Edward. It's kind of you to say it is. It is the case. I'm very, very. I f- I think I feel very grateful coming from Kilkenny. Like I could have grown up anywhere in the world. I was very blessed to be born into Kilkenny, which has such a hub of a amazing culture, wonderful people who appreciate music, all forms of music, all forms of the arts. So it's a brilliant city to have grown up in. But I think I've always been really supported. Um, I've been given lots of awards. I've been given a lot of support from businesses. I have a wonderful family, obviously, who brought me into music in the first place. My parents are musicians and siblings are all musicians. So I feel Wonderful musicians, grateful. I think we should say. Yes, amazing musicians. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I think it's that kind of gratitude of feeling. I, I feel a deep connection with Kilkenny. I, you know, I left Kilkenny officially very very young but I've never left it I've always kept my foot there and I've always have um, felt like I've never left home 
So, yes, feeling of gratitude to be back home and to be putting it on here. For sure. And of course, the final thing I was wondering about, you know, normally you are um, solely the artiste, you know, you are the kind of the (laughs) the talent uh, performing and, you know, being showcased and being promoted and being uh, adored at different venues. There's a bit of heavy lifting involved in organising a festival. How has that uh, been? I presume it gives you a, a whole new awareness to uh, festival and concert promoters as you move forward in your own prolific career? It's a it's a brilliant question, Edward. Yeah, I think the first thing it's given me is a sense of gratitude for what they do. <laughs> <laughs> I always like, oh, I have the hard part coming in and having the pressure of playing to a thousand people or something, not realizing quite the amount of hardship and just difficulty there is in behind putting things on, just the logistics and everything else. So a newfound appreciation is the first thing. But I have to say, I I love it. I, I really, I've really enjoyed this process because a lot of it is working with people and talking with people and asking people for their support or their advice or getting on board or whatever. And I think I've, I, I just really enjoy chatting to people. So I've, I've loved that aspect. The one part I haven't loved is the long hours. It's been just quite, there's so many things to try and consider, but I've had brilliant support. I've had a wonderful team. My wife has been an incredible support. My family are wonderful support. I have wonderful friends who have helped out. Mags was chatting on your show. She's been a wonderful support. There's many people who have just run in. And actually, on that note, I'll say also Ian Brennan and Niall Kavanagh. Just all people who have immediately jumped on and without any hesitation and helped yourself to everyone who I've rang and just asked for a little bit of advice have been so kind. So I feel very, very humbled and very grateful. Tell me, where can people get tickets, Patrick? Thank you. Good question. Tickets. The most important question. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) MarbleCityMusicFestival.com Lovely. Well, listen, Patrick, the very best of wishes uh, with it. It's taking place next weekend on December 2nd and 3rd. It's going to be fantastic and it's wonderful to have it um, joining the suite of festivals uh, already in play in Kilkenny uh, across the city and county. So the Marble City Music Festival having its inaugural iteration uh, next weekend. We wish you um, all the very best with it. And Mila Buikas. Thank you very much, Edward. Sláin. Uh, that's Patrick Rafter there joining us on the telephone line this morning, telling us all about the Marble City Music Festival. More arts just after this. This Saturday show on KCLR with Edward Hayden. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, gift a memory this Christmas with a Lyrath Estate gift voucher. Visit lyrath.com. Now, I can tell you that our uh, competition for Louise Morrissey has now closed. So we'll announce the winner of that before the end of the show. I have a couple of texts here. Uh, can you please play a request for Rose and Mick Murphy from Greg Namana? And that comes in from their four daughters and six grandchildren. And they're celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. And I'd like to send my own good wishes to Rose and Mick as well. You know, Rose is a great listener, a weekly listener to the Saturday show and a big listener to KCLR as well. So... Happy uh, 50th wedding anniversary, Rose and Mick Murphy, uh, for sure. Bridget Williams has sent me in a gorgeous picture. She's dressed up as an elf there. So she's looking uh, well also. And um, we have a couple of things here 
uh, there's a couple of requests gone. I can't put my hand to them um, as well, but I'll get them in just a second. But there's a few requests in there as well. Oh, there it is. Johnswell Hall, Teddy and Carl Barry, uh, Saturday the 9th of December, uh, 9 p.m. until late. That's uh, social dancing in Johnswell Hall. So um, that is the case. Let's head over to the telephone line. On it, I'm joined by Joanna Cunningham of the Watergate Theatre. Good morning, Joanna. How are you? Great, uh, Edward. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks so much for joining us because uh, we wanted to touch base because there's a lot of things happening uh, in the Watergate at the minute. So we just said we'd get a little up-to-date audit of how's things going. The first of which being uh, your new website, which uh, is offering increased functionality. Absolutely, um, Edward. It's a great, we're delighted with the opportunity to talk about this. So thanks a million. Um, so I suppose as part of our 30th anniversary, I heard you referring to a, an anniversary, an even bigger one there a minute ago, but the Watergate is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. And as part of that, what we've tried to do is put some kind of low-key but meaningful new things in place for our audience members and also for artists. So we're still at watergatetheatre.com, but any newcomers or you know, routine users of our website should go and have a look because it's it's slicker and it's faster. And I should say at this stage that Emma O'Neill, our marketing manager, has spearheaded this whole process from start to finish. And I think any anyone who gets on our website now would be pleasantly surprised at, at how lovely it is. So um, please visit and, and check it out for yourself. And she's a powerhouse down there, Emma, for sure. I know sure she's is. a great support to us here uh, on the show as well, which is uh, which is great. Um, what else is coming uh, down the tracks as part of the 30th anniversary, Joanna? It's a big, uh, a big achievement, 30 years. It sure is. And it's, it's, it's been a marvellous period in the city, I think, the, the Watergate and, and the strengths and strengths it's gone to over the years. Um, through with all the communities that have come through it and, and contributed to it, um, and, and as I said this year, what we're, rather that we, we've kind of not done a kind of a big event to mark the to mark the 30th anniversary. We've tried to put our budget into 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 sustainable things that will have meaning on an ongoing basis. So one of the things that we're doing is is um, trying to celebrate theatre makers, and this year to sell to kind of kick that off. We're having a Theatre Makers Open Day on the 13th of December, and that will be largely run by our current theatre artists in residence, who are uh, asylum theatre company, who everybody or many people will be very familiar with, Donal Gallagher and Maeve Lambert, who are very established and and pioneering theatre makers in Kilkenny. Mm. And Maeve and Donal, with their long-time producing partner, uh, Maura O'Keefe of Once Off Productions, are going to take over the building and they're going to run one-to-one clinics with both aspiring producers or established producers and theatre makers. So Donal will do one-to-one sort of clinics to brainstorm maybe early career theatre makers to impart some of his own wisdom um, around the process of theatre making and how he goes about it and what his experience could uh, help, how, how his experience might help others. And equally, um, Maura will have one-to-one clinics with aspiring producers. And just to go through some nuts and bolts stuff that might help people to learn from someone who's been at it for a while and who's, who's experienced some great success in their own careers. And, and Maura O'Keefe would be a very well-established and highly regarded producer you know, in the country. So it's a great opportunity for Kilkenny uh, theatre makers. So get on our brand new website. I'm looking at it here as we speak. Yeah. And all of the details around it. What an opportunity to be able to chat one on one with these people because you get tailor made advice then because of that, don't you? As opposed to generic. 
Yeah, tailor-made advice for maybe a particular project or mm. how to go about getting funding for a project. But we're trying to mix that up with both the one-to-one, but also after the, the one-to-one, say after lunch in the afternoon, uh, there's going to be a workshop in which Donal, in his unique way with Maven, uh, will will take over the building and run theatre making um, workshops in terms of using the space because obviously asylum use space in a very unique way. Some people may have gone to the local this year. But they, they very often run uh, immersive uh, theatre where you go to a location. For example, the local this summer was, was took place in a pub. So the audience right. and performance took place in a pub, which is marvellous. It certainly was. I was there. Uh, the Panto, of course, we couldn't forget one of the, the biggest things that punctuates the theatrical calendar there. So that's coming our way in uh, January 2024. And Aladdin is coming in on the carpet. Yes, exactly. And we're really excited about Aladdin. And of course, Edward, you're very much part of our Panto community. Um, so yeah, Panto will open up on the 3rd of January 2024, Aladdin, directed by David Doyle. So we're really, really excited about that. And what might be useful to say this time round, um, Edward, is that we, we're running a relaxed performance mm. as part of our, our Panto run. I don't know, did you get a chance to look at that? But on the Yes, I did. It's, it's a really good idea. Yeah, I think so. And it's very, the uptake has been marvellous. So for those who mightn't be kind of aware of what a relaxed performance is, there's lots of people who might steer away from coming to a panto or any theatre production because of some stereotypical things that they might expect, loud noises, flashing lights, the need to sit still for long periods of time. So our relaxed performance is going to to, to get rid of all that stuff. The lights will be up, the noise will be down, coming and going is absolutely fine. So those that might have extra sensory concerns can probably feel that they can come to panto relaxed performance on, on the 7th of January and all that stuff will be much lower key for, for people who'd prefer it that way. Mm. It's very interesting. I'm interested to hear how that pans out because obviously it's a very good uh, tool to give but um, you know it will be a challenge perhaps for cast members as well who might may not have performed in that sort of a sphere in the past. Yeah, I think it's a challenge for everybody. But I think, you know, our our initiative throughout theatre in Ireland, particularly led by the Arts Council, is to to be as inclusive as possible. So our, our experience has been the, the, you know, the creative team and the cast are really open to this, it, you know, with the view it's, to make, it's make it available to as many people as possible. Yeah, it's it's a super like. idea. Well, Joanna, this, there we must leave it. We're bang on 12 o'clock, so I must leave it there um, because as much as I could talk about theatre and arts forever, yeah. I'd be sacked if I go into someone else's time. <laughs> uh, continued good wishes to yourself and all the team at the Watergate bringing such great things to our stage and more for 2020. 24. Uh, no doubt a uh, little project up the, my sleeve myself so I'll be chatting with you uh, anon Fantastic. about that. Uh, lovely to chat with you Joanna and um, chat soon and continue with good wishes. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Joanna Cunningham there from the Watergate Theatre. We've gone way over time. I will actually be sacked. Mary Hughes from Lockboy is the winner of our competition tickets uh, to go see Louise Marcy. Thanks to Angela Doyle Stewart. Thanks to my wonderful producer, Ashling MacDonald. Uh, thanks to you all for listening and all of my guests. I'll be back next week if the Lord spares me. Eddie Hughes is up next with the Saturday brunch. But for now, thanks for listening and good morning.